every Friday, happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of sight. Oh, this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, and it's money, 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 money today. Money, money, money. We've got to raise some money, folks, and... I have a, I have a friend here. I have so many things today. I'm going to be completely fragmented. I can see that. So the first thing I have to do is tell you that I have here a serious book. Uh, none of this nonsense, you know, about Dick Cheney's mother-in-law's uh, problems. Uh, there are hundreds of books out. Well, scores of books out now about the general malaise. Uh, most of them should be essays or lead articles in national magazines. Uh, what I have in front of me is a book that you can pass on to your grandchildren. This is a big tome. It's the uh, essays of Hendrik Hertzberg. Well, they call him Rick, actually, at the New Yorker. He's been at the New Yorker, oh, more than a decade Uh these essays go back to 1966. Most of them are the last decade, um, the recent decade. But the title of the book is Politics, Observations, and Arguments. And I'm looking to see the price in order to, you know, convince you that you're getting a bargain here for your um, $75 pledge. And what I'm going to ask you to do, you see, is call up during the show while I'm jabbering away here. And subscribe to KPFA and get a copy of this book. Now, no fooling. This is the real thing. This is for scholars and teachers and political junkies like me. Uh, the essays, let's see, I think there's, there's more than a hundred of them. Uh, they're incredible. The introduction is by David Remnick, the editor uh, of The New Yorker. And there are good words from Philip Roth, Arthur Schlesinger Jr., Al Franken. <laughs> yes, Al Franken says, whenever I read something by Henry Kertzberg, like this book, for example, my heart goes all aflutter like a little girl's. Is it because his ideas are so strong and manly? Or is it because his prose is so smooth and suave? I can't tell. I'm too confused. You decide. Tony Morrison says, Politics, that's the name of the book, is invaluable for all sorts of reasons, chief among them being decades of elegant writing in the service of surgical intelligence. I'm going to repeat that. That's terrific. Politics is invaluable for all sorts of reasons, chief among them being decades of elegant writing in the service of surgical intelligence. Yes, that's it, folks. Um, do we call that the technique and the, uh, say, form and content perfectly balanced here? Uh, let's see. David Remnick, the editor, says, For the past dozen years and with increasing prominence, Hendrik Herzberg has been the principal political voice of the New Yorker. 
but the voice has always been his own. It is a remarkable voice at once courteous and ferocious, seductive and caustic, tender and urbane. As an analyst of American public life, Hartsburg is logical, humane, and morally acute. As a writer, he has tone control the way Billy Holiday had tone control. I want to give you just one, one little sample here. I just, it knocks me out. <laughs> it's a piece. Uh, at some point, oh, more than a decade ago, the uh, uh, moral, um, what do you call it, uh, the moral voice of the right wing, William Bennett, this was back before he, uh, his gambling problems, his Dostoevsky problem was, was revealed. William Bennett uh, was the chief complainer uh, on the right. He said that the people who really ruled the country, the liberals, the judges, the whatever, had consistently displayed what he called an aversion to religion, a disdain for the Judeo-Christian values that made America great. Hertzberg is a determined secularist born to an unbelieving Jewish father and a Quaker mother. He took umbrage, unforgettable umbrage, at these attacks. Yes, uh, oh, were they calling them this noon? The latte liberals. Yes, um, apparently liberals are what's wrong with America. Anyway, I want to read you this passage. So you can decide whether or not you think this collection of essays is worth a $75 subscription to KPFA. Uh, gosh, this is a beautiful book. He writes, As a Judeo-Christian who has an aversion to religion and who is an American as good uh, or better than any moose-haired, Bible-touting, apartheid-promoting evangelist on any you. HF television station you can name, I must protest. Where is it written that if you don't like religion, you are somehow disqualified from being a legitimate American? What was Mark Twain, a Russian? When did it become un-American to have opinions about the origin and meaning of the universe that comes from sources other than the body of dogma of organizations approved by the federal government? as certifiably Judeo-Christian. If it is American to believe that God ordered tribe X to abjure pork or that he caused leader Y to be born a virgin, why is it suddenly un-American to doubt that the prime mover of this unimaginably vast universe of quintillions of solar systems would be likely to be obsessed with questions involving the dietary and biosexual behavior of a few thousand bipeds inhabiting a small part of a speck of dust orbiting a third-rate star in an obscure spiral arm of one of millions of more or less identical galaxies. <laughs> anyway, yes, this was back um, back in the old days. Willie Shawn, William Shawn then got a hold of this guy. And he is now the preeminent political writer at the New Yorker. His um, essays, as I said here, there are more than a hundred. This is amazing. Uh, I actually have not read them all. I have read any number of them. Uh, they're wonderful. Uh, what is the, yes, Roboflop. 
make that, this is the title of one of the essays, Roboflop, make that 999 points of light and one dim bulb. <laughs> Recriminations, 1988. Hell, I don't know, parceling out the blame. Uh, Sheer Helms, yes, this is about uh, Jesse Helms. He preferred his racism straight up. Sweet and sour, wild and crazy Republicans in convention assembled. Uh, Rush in rehab, that would be uh, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, uh, <laughs> and actually, um, talking points behind the lines with Peggy Noonan, grinding axes, the rhetorical uses of evil. Vata Kant, that's instructions from Rome and Alabama. Uh, Monster from the Id, Politics of Psychotherapy, from Gary Hart. Oh, yes, Pat Robertson's Oedipus Complex. That's the father, the son, and the holy politician. Uh, the Ivy Scoreboard, which is more elitist, Harvard or Yale. Take your pick. <laughs> the first section is called Enough About the 60s. Now, you had to be there, what Woodstock was like. Uh, then, yes, a moral ideologue, the character of Jimmy Carter. These are the big men. Ronald Reagan's presidency, the child monarch, scaling Mount Kennedy, okay, RFK's journey from fixer to martyrdom. Anyway, I won't go on listing these um, terrific essays. As I said, this is the kind of book that you buy and you keep on the shelf as a reference book if you are a teacher, a scholar, or if you want to educate your children about our uh Oh, socio-political history, and he's got it all. I mean, he even throws in stuff about, um, of course, about the popular culture, radio days, same thing on every station. Whom does capital punishment punish? Um, what was the one about the Oscars? Yes, best picture. Why the good movies get nominated, but... Yes, the Oscars go to the bad ones. Uh, the morality of pragmatism, all the fine young Kennedys, uh, the case for proportional representation, right. Uh, there's a, a terrific piece on Lonnie Guineer that I used here on KPFA, and I remember Lonnie Guineer was sitting right here in the lobby one day, and I came rushing up to her with this, you know... Uh, have you read, yes, have you read um, Rick Hertzberg, what he writes about you? And, uh, yes, it's called Idea Woman, the Actual and Excellent Thoughts of Lanny Guineer. Uh, oh, she's such a precious, important person. Um, one more thing here, of course. I guess I can tell you, um, uh, David Remnick in the preface says that it is fair to say that Rick, that is the author, uh, Hendrik Hertzberg, disapproves of George W. Bush, he sees in the president, as he saw in Dan Quayle, a man of incurious mind and crabbed compassion. <laughs> it was something he noted immediately. I think, yes, we all noticed it during the debates. In Hertzberg's estimation, Bush's inaugural address uh, was a relative masterpiece, he said, to read all 54 addresses, one after another, is to traverse a wasteland where pomposity, banality, and incoherence are more often relieved by mediocrity than by brilliance. 
As he pointed out, uh, the dissidence began one day later, that is, one day after the inauguration. The new president's first act was an act of cruelty. He cut off all financial assistance to international Planned Parenthood and other organizations that provide maternal health services in the most wretched corners of the earth. He then spent the rest of the week promoting a regressive tax cut, calculated to enrich his wealthy friends at the expense of the poor and near poor. Cruelty was the word that Rick used, Hertzberg right. And cruelty in politics, I have found, is the quality that he has never been prepared to abide. Yes. Now, this guy is the, uh, what I would call, the leading writer in the culture of compassion as opposed to the culture of cruelty. Once again, it's Hendrik Hertzberg's Politics, Observations and Arguments, 1966 through 2004, right up through this year, folks. And I'm afraid I don't see any... Oh, well, I didn't give the phone number. The phone number here is... In the Five and Dime area code 510, it's 848 KPFA. That's 510-848 KPFA. And if you're calling long distance, it's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. That's 1-800-439, that's H-E-Y, 5732. And I certainly hope, oh, there goes somebody's, somebody's buying the book, somebody's buying the book, thank goodness. Okay, if I have, I have at least one caller here, folks. Uh, this, this is, this is worth it. Um, I hope you won't, um, think that I'm just, uh, hyping this book. Um, it's what I call, um, uh, it, it's a, it's a must have, especially if you're a teacher. Uh, I always grab the New Yorker and read Heinrich Hertzberg first. And now I have this collection of his wit and wisdom over the years. It's also, it is a pleasure to read. Literary journalism is kind of the latest thing. I don't know. Um, fiction seems to be melting on us. Uh, now, I have a friend who came by today because we want to talk about her movie. And, uh, yes, we're going from the the national to the very, 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 very local. <laughs> yes. Claire Birch is a pal of mine, and I know, uh, you know, I know that not everybody lives right here in Berkeley, uh, but those of us who do, we know the street scene, and we know uh, all about Claire, who is always out there videotaping every and anything. Let's see, what is it here? Art and Education Media presents a free screening. This is for locals. Uh, it's Claire Birch's new film. It's called The History of the Teletimes, and it's Sunday, October 10th, 1 p.m. Pacific Film Archive Theater. And let's see, Claire, tell me, dear, where Pacific Film Archive Theater is, the? it's right next to campus, right, right on Bancroft. Exactly. Yeah, 2575 Bancroft Way, if you're at the south gate, you're there. You know, it's just a step up there. Okay, so... If you want information about this movie, you have to contact Regent Press. That's in the Five and Dime area code, 547-7602. But just remember Regent Press. Call them up and they will tell you all about it. Now, what it's all about is <laughs> uh, a quintessential underground comics. That's what R. Crumb says. Yes. Uh, tell me all this. Um, tell me the history of this 
little mag teletimes. You said 30 issues, 30 issues at 35 cents apiece, Claire, between 1978 and 1982. That's pretty esoteric. Uh (laughs) Yes. Anyway, tell me about the guy who put this out. Um, the Kelly Times was put out by B.N. Duncan. You can see him uh, and Ace Backwards, who uh, joined him about halfway through the run, uh, outside of Cody's just about every day selling their Telegraph Avenue Street calendar, which is another uh, kind of uh, long-term uh, description of what goes on on Telegraph Avenue. And Jennifer, I don't video everything. I video outsiders. Okay. <laughs> okay. You. Yes, I know. <laughs> I was thinking uh, that street calendar was notorious for a while because it had all the good naked people on it. You yes, remember? indeed. We sold it like hotcakes down there for a while um, in the... Uh, uh, down at the mall in one of the art galleries. I remember everybody wanted copies of the calendar because it had naked, naked people in it. Oh my God, the lights are lighting up on my board here. I'm going to get this book out. Thank you, people, because, you know, it is a $75 subscription. And as I said, this, this is a book, um, a heavy duty book that you want to keep and, and, uh, uh, pass on to your grandchildren. It's a, it's a Lulu, uh, I think, you know, if you're a school teacher, you can, you know, ask your students to, uh, ask each student to review one article and come back to class the next day and tell them, tell the others all about it. Uh, you know how it is. The books out there nowadays, we've got, we've got, uh, just a plethora of books. You know, it takes a whole volume just to do Tom DeLay, uh, it's called The Hammer, you know, but as far as I'm concerned, that's just one essay, uh, the, um, you know, the story of Tom DeLay's corruption. <laughs> I know maybe it does deserve a whole book, but, you know, it's that the mass media is completely neglected uh, to, to cover these things, you know, so we have to have hardback books to do it. Uh, now, this book that Claire's talking about is not, it's a it's a zine. The zine, what is it, anything without a spine is a zine? I think it was put together before they called them zines. Uh-huh. But isn't a zine something that is um, Xeroxed instead of printed? Gotcha. And put together with no money. People who were even mm-hmm. on SSI can yes. start it. You said that's what started it out. Yes, yes, yes. Jennifer, yes. I'm joining you. I'm dropping in out of the blue. This is Susan <laughs> Stone, and you know why? It's you're, because you're looking at the crumb. Copy. Well, I hate to say this, but uh, the book gone. is gone. The book is gone. The book. Everyone has called. You've had a fantastic oh, show of support. This is very kind of you, people. But uh, guess what? We we have something that uh, may not be. Uh, uniquely about what you've talked about, but which I think will speak volumes to your listeners. It's Rebecca Solnit's Hope in the Dark. Um, she's a local author whose fantastic book on untold histories and wild possibilities about activism and how it's changed the world over five decades has tremendous political insight, and that's also a thank you gift at $60 for folks who continue to call and support that Jennifer Stone. That one's at 60 I have heard reviews on the radio about Rebecca Solnit's Hope, oh, the she's Hope in the great. Dark book, yeah. and apparently this is 
really, really a book for now. It's one, and she's going to be talking with us on Friday at two o'clock um, about uh, everything from uh, finding hope in this re-election season to really uh, talking about the language of politics. A, a very different, um, but very heartfelt take on what George Lakoff, the UC professor of linguistics, has talked about. Authoritarian father model. There you go, reframing yeah. the debate. Yeah, it's uh, you said two o'clock on Friday. Two o'clock on Friday. Rebecca Solnit's our guest, but her book Hope in the Dark is also something we have um, in house right now. We're offering it at $60 for folks who pledge support to Jennifer oh, Stone you. and Mind Over Media. Thank you so much, dear. This is really great to have extra books. Next Tuesday, I will have Cornell West's book, um, Democracy Matters. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed it does. Yeah, it does still Five, matter. But you know you what know, else maybe I want to still throw exists, out there? Yes. Well, it still exists. So does the phone number 510 oh, thank you. Yes, thank we you. have to get that out there. 510 5732. Jennifer, can I just take a moment to thank all the callers? Um, just a couple of them by name. Michael Farmer, San Rafael, Jean Healy, Sunnyvale, Janet, L Janelle Larson of Oakland from San Francisco, Dondorth, Lisa De Bruin of Napa from Palo Alto, Marie Louise Starling Bell. Hello, Marie Louise and Susan, um, Dental Huang. I don't know if I pronounced that right <laughs> from San Francisco. And they're still calling 510848 5732 or 1 800 439 5732. Oh boy, yes. I was looking here in my notes last night. Claire, you know, you're the one who gave me my favorite phrase this year. You're the one. Uh, you, you refer to fact free fascism. I kept saying, you know, I was quoting Clinton. He, he refers to an evidence free zone in the media and in, uh, uh, the mass media everywhere. And, and you said, <laughs> I think of it as fact free fascism, Jennifer. Uh, this whole notion, you know, what was it? Um, James Thurber said you can fool too many people too much of the time. But, you know, this, this political climate we're living in, in which people are, apparently willing to vote against their own best interests, you know, and it's getting crazier and crazier. Uh, I was looking, now, Teletimes, let's see, this is your mag, Telegraph Avenue's tight little mag, deluxe issue. Is this basically the story of the magazine, Claire, this movie on on Sunday, or is it the story of the guy who, who um, created it? It's much more the story of uh, the guy who created it. Duncan, Actually, there right. were two of them. Yeah, I they still... disagreed halfway through. I see him, yeah, on Telegraph. See, a review of Julia Vinaigrette's latest book, Interview with the Lusty Hooker and SM. Uh, I, I guess, what is that? What's that? Um, the Telegraph Avenue scene, everybody has kind of limited notions of what was going on down there and you're obviously the person who knows you're the esoteric person because you know i i don't i don't live that scene anymore you know i worry about it because i'm just worried in general uh let's see you said that uh he sent the stuff he sent his material to to robert crumb and what did crumb do with it well crumb was delighted because um it um Duncan's view of Telegraph Avenue is not um, exactly, you know, oh, poor homeless people. It's, um, the, the little magazine had nothing to do with that. It just basically was, um, uh, I guess, a, a forum for uh, out, outsider art, outsider uh, writing, uh, outsider thinking. 
This is and, arcane, though. Know, yes. I obsessively experience myself as a kind of Margaret Mead of, of this little bead of I got it. Telegraph and People's Park. And, um, I got it. So yes. it, uh, it mattered to me to, um, uh, show what was going on there. Now, part of it is, uh, just talk. Duncan and Ace, uh, Ace Backwards, another cartoonist who came on the scene, um, about halfway through when, uh, Duncan broke up with Wild Billy Wolf over, um, uh, mm-hmm. a heavy issue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, they talk for part of it. So my job was to, uh, hunt up an FB role, which, uh, consisted of, you know, what goes on in the street, uh, to, um, not have the piece, a uh, series of, of, uh, talking heads, however, uh-huh. however interesting the, uh, the two guys mm-hmm. are. Uh, and, um, I kind of stood on my head to, uh, provide that B-roll. It's almost, almost entirely what you'd call B-roll. What, what is B-roll? B-roll is you take something that's happening, uh, and you, uh, wipe out the image of who mm-hmm. is talking mm-hmm. and show what they're show. talking about. Yeah. Show the context in there. Yeah. The and some of it was hard texture. to hunt up, uh, the, um, a hotel, you know, that burned down. Yeah, Julian no Vinograd's old home. Yeah. I, um, no I had pictures? to pay 20 bucks to the Berkeley Historical Society. For no pictures? Single picture of that hotel before it burned down. Boy, that was something. That place was really something. Yes. <laughs> I remember visiting people in yeah, the old Telegraph Avenue Hotel. Uh, you said, yep, you said that unlike, you know, today we have this, this paper street spirit, which is basically social reform and a lot of good stuff like that, you know, but it's, uh, it's not really, well, there are uh, poets and so forth in it, but it's not really about the artists. Well, it's not it's, about. It's, it's wonderful for what it does. It's yeah. about social justice. Um, the Kelly uh, Times was not about social justice at all. It's weird as, as can be. Um, <laughs> I, I see, I see, uh, yes. Yes, help, I'm over sex. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. This, yes, you, yes. You, I'm looking at the, the uh, what you call the Robert Crumb I- issue. and uh-huh. It is a, a lot of fun. It's the kind of thing that I would save for my, what do you call that, my special friends, my esoteric friends. It's not the sort of generic stuff that most of us are used to now. Uh, I don't know. It's getting so hard, Claire, to have little personal, you know, real things happening. And, and it's getting well, so it's late. Well, it's a spoof of the issues. It, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> say... Um, you know, we're, we're living on the street and, um, pity us. Pity us, uh, yeah. It, it says, we're different from you and, um, we're, we're gonna write about it. We're gonna draw, uh, how we're different. Um, okay. We're very different. Okay, the arcane. Mainstream. Yeah, this arcane film, The History of the Teletimes, is going to be showing, free showing Sunday, October 10th at the Pacific Film Archive Theater in Berkeley, and now I have to just give this phone number over and over and over again because we've run out of time, people, and you can still get Rebecca Hope's book, Hope in the Dark, and if you need more information about that movie on Sunday, call Regent Press, Regent Press in Oakland, but now I want you to call us. If you don't have time to call right this minute, call after we're off the air. 
The phone number is 1-800-HEY-KPFA, 1-800-HEY-KPFA, H-E-Y-K-P-F-A. Local, it's 510-5-and-dime, 848-KPFA. That's 848-5732. Or 1-800-439-5732. Jennifer, thank you so much. Thank you. And next week we will have Cornell West's book. I hope that if you didn't get a chance to get Hendrick's book, you will listen in next Tuesday. And we'll go for Cornell West. Thanks, Claire, for coming by, dear. I'm sorry we didn't have a time to have a long and lengthy discussion of your new movie, but Jennifer, one one thing about the movie is that it's filled with music. Oh it's yes, not all talk. Music. We're off. Not quite. We have just one <laughs> moment. <laughs> I'm going to play that nice theme song one okay? more time. One eight hundred. The Weimar Republic. Right. Oh. Berthold Brecht, Kurt Weill. It's there all happening it's, again. It's always worth hearing twice. One eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. Thank you so much, Jennifer. She'll be back. Thank you next week. It's cover to cover, a weekday program on Book Talk here at ninety four point one FM KPFA or KPFB in Berkeley, eighty eight point one FM in the Central Valley. Hard Knock Radio up next after news headlines at the top of the hour. Please keep calling because we do want to uh, give you this fine, fine book, Hope in the Dark, our Rebecca Solnit um, collection of essays and perspectives and um, tremendous observations on how activism has changed the world in the last five decades. She'll be our guest this coming Friday at 2 p.m. on the Radio Chronicles, Rebecca Solnit, Hope in the Dark, our thank you gift for $60 for pledging support to KPFA, this Pacifica Radio First Amendment station, our independent network, which counts on you. This is the first day of our fun drive, which goes through October 30, uh, 21st. <laughs> Let's hope it ends then. And we'd love to have you come down and help us out as phone volunteers. Join us tonight for live coverage of the debate between Vice President Dick Cheney and candidate John Edwards. We'll have a... Um, We'll be talking about that after we uh, conclude that coverage and we'll follow as well with 8 p.m.'s uh, presentation of UC Linguistics Professor George Lakoff and at 9 p.m. Labor Champion Thomas Frank talking to us about the little discussed crisis of unemployment in America. Stay tuned for Hard Knock Radio. One, two, three.